destroy all children is a website just for you If playing with video games is what you like to do Or rotting your brain with comics and first run movies too We've got a great selection of news and reviews So search us out on the web, you just won't get enough Of all our digital madness and other fancy stuff We'll also make you laugh until your tummy's feeling buff Destroy all children you should go there now. Yeah. Hello and welcome to Destroy All Children. Knowing me, Larry Davis. Knowing you, George Brundle. Uh huh. Uh huh. Nothing happening this week. No news. End of podcast. No. Uh, I bought some ghost pepper chips and habanero salsa. So oh, good. I, I been having that going on uh, so i don't feel very good today because right. i ate a whole plate of those so to the listener <laughs> if anything sounds weird and then there's like a, a bit where it seems like i have no idea what to say or how to continue the conversation like happened last week uh you know that there was an edit because somebody had to go drop a deuce or a bunch ibs squad in the house oh yeah ibs life hashtag ibs life that's that's right Except, like, this is uh, not actually kind of that. It's just you making poor decisions. Yes. Well, last week was my my problems, my yes. health problems. Sure. There's nothing I could do about that. This week is more of my mental health problems because I made the decision to eat ghost pepper chips with habanero salsa. Yeah. And uh, you're so, like, oh, yeah, I absolutely did this to like myself. Dan, Dan Reichert is a wuss. He couldn't yes. handle these chips. He and could now, not handle them. And now he, you're handling them. The next day that's this is this is handling it yes all right anyway i'm a maniac what else is new what's going on nothing really playing I... video games you got that playstation 5 oh yeah i have a playstation 5 i finished uh demon souls uh and decided to not so go I. for the platinum in that because so did i yeah, I, I do not want to hate Demon Souls the way I ended up hating Bloodborne after getting the platinum mm. for that. Uh, yeah, I, I, we talked about last week how the trophy set on that is a lot more attainable than it used to be. Like yeah. the PS3 set and that one are are pretty night and day. But, uh, I like I specked myself real bad in Demon's Souls because like every time I played that game in the past I did the same build every single time and I wanted to play around and try something new and that was a bad idea so like now every time I go to Valley of Defilement uh, those enemies if they do that thing where they kind of like lunge at you and they like flail around it yeah. will break my guard and then melt my entire HP bar so I fucked around for like an hour trying to make any progress in that level couldn't get anywhere and made the same conclusion you did of I don't want to hate this game so I'm just giving up yeah, I mean, I could have played through New Game Plus Plus, but I just I don't want to play that game two more times. Yeah, because uh, yeah, I'll I'll probably go back to it eventually, but for now, I am satisfied with my experience of the Demon Souls, and time to move on to something else. I have plenty of other stuff to play, including yeah, Yakuza Like a Dragon, which now I have oh, put boy. more time into, and I can. Tell you, what what do you want to know about Yakuza Like a Dragon, aka Yakuza Six, uh, Seven, Seven? Uh, are you like a dragon? No. What? 
Kind of. I guess. Mm. Me personally or Ichiban Kasuka? Uh, both. Me, no, absolutely not. Okay. I'm like a mole rat at the best. Um, okay, I I would say you're maybe Mushu esque. Uh, okay, I guess a little bit, sure. Yeah. But um, I like Ichiban as the main character quite a bit. He's really good. He's he's not like a carbon copy of Kazuma Kiryu. He's much more brash and also kind of stupid, which I enjoy. Um, yeah, you were telling me that like the reason everything is an RPG is because he played RPGs as a kid, and so that's like the lens that he views the world through, or something like that. Yeah, they they decide to explain why the game is a JRPG now, where his uh, Anaki asks him like, uh, "So I know you could just wipe the floor with these guys. Why do you let them get hits in on you, even though you could?" Just destroy them And he says that he views himself as a hero Like the hero in Dragon Quest And so It doesn't really explain why all of the other characters in your party Also take turns during battle But hey, whatever it, It's at least something but, I've been seeing a lot of clips of like Summons or I, I don't know what those are exactly But where they cut away and they play like whole cinematic And all those look real good Mm-hmm. I only uh, have the one with of... the chicken yeah, I only have one of those so far But yes, I am glad to see that chickens continue to be a recurring motif in Yakuza Yes um, But I only have one, it's a tag team move with Nanba And it's like a fairly basic one where like he just attacks and Nanba like, um, breathes fire on the other guy And then Ichiban drop kicks them Which is neat It's also kind of useless at the moment because the tag team moves are based on your friendship level And I just met Nanba so it actually does less damage than just a regular special move Gotta get those social links up Yes, actually, you do Through the power of friendship you can summon Lucifer I mean, that's that's true to real life Morningstar himself Yep Uh, Um, But yeah, I'm liking it so far, I... Wish it was not a JRPG because I don't really like JRPGs for the most part. See, I'm so I'm the opposite now, where like the type of game that Yakuza is is just like a little bit of that goes a very long way for me, uh, yeah. which is why I have not kind of stayed on top of the series the way that you have. Uh, but now that they're doing this as like a JRPG thing, which I am way into, I am actually very excited about a Yakuza again. Okay, well. I mean, so, this is a good one. I'm the one. freak that this is made for. Well, this is also a good one to start on too, because it's mostly unrelated to the other yeah. games, plot-wise. I believe they finished Kazuma's stuff, right? Oh yeah, Kazuma's done. He's like retired. He walk literally walks into the sunset at the end of six. That's nice. Um, yeah, he has a good ending, but his daughter's all grown up now. I imagine because they like aged her up in every game. Yep. Yeah, she's uh, grown up and married and has a kid. But um, huh. Okay. Yeah, in uh, so in seven, I believe Akiyama shows up at one point, and I think Seijima does too. I've seen them in pictures, I believe. Um, like right now, actually, I'm in. Don't know if it's the same area that uh Kazuma spends a lot of time in in six, but it looks very similar to it. Um, the one with Onomichi-san or whatever it was, the orange-headed mascot. I'm not sure if it's it is, the same place. I feel like. Sejima needs to be like a constant in the series Like you can't get away from him They're thinking of Majima um, Majima, I'm sorry, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Sejima is the huge guy He's 
first oh, appeared okay. in four, uh, which I still think is, well, z- zero is the best one, but four is the second best. But still, my point stands. Like I, you could have Kazuma walk off into the sunset, but you still got to have Majima. Maybe, I don't know. He's I'm not sure it. if he's in this or not. No idea. Oh, he better be. Nah. But Akiyama needs to be in all of them. He's the best. I, when I was in Kamurocho, I went to the back door of Sky Finance because I was hoping I would there would at least be like some kind of dialogue or something with it. But no, nothing. But he'll probably show up eventually. I like a good kick fighter. Yeah, Akiyama's all this about is... kicks. Is me constantly going up to the top of Adventure's Tower and Miles Morales just hoping he'll say something about it, and he never does. Okay. No. Uh, but yeah, th- this one, it also still has all the side stuff. Uh, I met some business guy who I believe will... Uh, there's a menu option for, like, business management, so that's some part of it. Uh, mm. and there's, like, a weird, like, Pac-Man-style thing where you ride a bike around and collect cans and ram into other people on bikes to steal their cans. <laughs> um, because I'm in a, why, a segment... Why are you trying to get the cans? Because each bun's a hobo. Okay, I'm... so he, so it is just to trade them in for yes. small amounts of money. Okay. Yes. Well, technically, you are trading them in for points, which then you can trade in for small amounts of money. Or cockroaches. Oh. Or sure. beetles. No, I take... I take my cans, they give me points, and then I can spend it at the, you know, convenience store that they have located right next to the place that gives you my points. Yeah, they technically can't just exchange it for money. That would be illegal. You have to go next door. Yeah. We're all law-abiding Yakuza here. That's right. Uh, Speaking of which, there is, like, a lot of pachinko stuff in there. Although it's weird. No shit! (laughs) Well, it's weird because you don't like go into the pachinko parlor or anything. You just like go to the door and then it brings up a menu and then I think it like loads you into a separate thing. There are separate Uh. pachinko things you can download from the store for free. I haven't messed with any of that. I don't care about pachinko. No. I mean, of course, if you're going to like make a game around Japanese culture. You're going to have some sort of pachinko minigame in it at this point. Well, I don't, I don't think the recent Yakuza games actually have had pachinko in them. Really? I know, I know the early ones did, like three did, I think even. But I think at well, a certain I point like, they didn't do that. I do think. I remember there was that whole thing with three though too, where when they were porting that over here, they were removing a bunch of stuff because they were like, well, American audiences won't get this, so they like took out mahjong. I think was one of the things that they cut. They. I I know they took out like a quiz in it that was basically based around Japanese culture. So that's one of the things with the remastered editions they put out recently. They put all that stuff back in. Oh, that's um, good. Or three and four. Like at five, they were just like whatever. At this point, anybody who's buying these doesn't care. Yeah. Like they're they're gonna be in it for the whole thing. So see, this did not totally get off track here, but like it. It's part of, I really need to just rebuy my PlayStation 3 games, like, you get their re-releases. Like, I need to get that Yakuza collection to replace 3 so I can play it without having to hook up the PlayStation 3 again. Um, well, see, I just told you, I was like, hey, they have this I know. for $25, yeah. and you're like, eh, I don't it's, care about Yakuza. Well, it's also, like, a hard buy right now, because speaking of having a lot of games, I have, like... Eight more games just sitting here that I need to play, and so the idea of adding more on top of that right now, because like 
the Uncharted collection is another one of those where I need to pick that up. And that was like 15 bucks recently. And I've, I've been sitting on that too, because that's just, it's too much games. I guess. I got too much games, Larry. I got that from the, from PS plus at some point, And then I loaded it up and played a bit of Uncharted two and was like, Hmm, probably best to leave these in the past. That's so that's part of what I fear with that specifically as well is that I'll just have that same experience of starting to fucking around a little bit going like uh, uh especially because like 3 is just it was not a good game at the time either. Oh, yeah. So I'm mostly buying that for just 1 and 2 and 1 definitely does not hold up as much as 2 does I would I would assume Probably I didn't even bother with one Actually I just wanted to fire up two And see how it was And the answer was underwhelming Yeah one barely held up By the time two came out just I mean say that, one so. at the time At the time it was just like man this looks really good Yeah Not sure about the zombie stuff at the end But whatever mm. <sighs> Yeah yeah because like, like a dragon Tomb Yes just like <laughs> Tomb Raider uh, I am liking Yakuza so far I don't know if I'll finish it Because it's a JRPG And I usually do not finish them Although I will say if you're looking for the Yakuza flavor in this It has plenty of it It's It does start really slow though Like it's like Three hours before you even get your first party member And then he disappears again and like, well, it, clearly they were influenced by Persona, Larry. Yeah. Uh, because. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah. Um, it takes place in Japan, first of all, just like Persona. Oh yeah, yeah. Second, you make friendships, and then that gets you better moves and stuff. Oh no, maybe I'm onto something. <laughs> I mean, look at Shibuya Station here. Like, this is clearly influenced <laughs> by Persona. <laughs> Can we talk about that for a second? The uh, world yeah, is Yeah, sure. Okay. It's not like a whole lot of people on Twitter did this, but like they put out that trailer for The World Ends With You. Uh, game came out in 2007. They're they're putting it out again, just remastering that no, thing. No, it's a and sequel. A few... Oh, they're... Okay, I misunderstood then. I thought that they were just re-releasing it. No, no um, game. Okay. Well, people took a look at that thing, and some of them were like, wow, this is clearly inspired by Persona 5, specifically. Uh Like, fucking no, it is not. Uh, There was another good one that somebody had taken, like, a screenshot of, uh, like, some indie developer uh, posting a picture of their game, and there's a pyramid in the background, and someone was like, this reminds me of Futaba's Palace. And the guy was like, you should look up Ancient Egypt, it will blow your mind. (laughs) Imagining a guy playing Assassin's Creed Origins and being like, whoa, this Persona ripped this off. God, Jesus Christ. Persona fans are the worst. I love Persona 5 a lot. Like, I, I think the Persona series is great. The, mm-hmm. the fan base for that thing fucking sucks. They refuse oh, yeah. to play any other JRPG or even acknowledge the existence of other JRPGs, I mean, including they... yeah, SMT5, gonna... <laughs> for that matter. Yes, I was also going to say they refuse to acknowledge like Persona games before four, most of the time. Yep. Yeah. Uh, there was um. I can't remember the exact context, but something like calling for a female Persona protagonist, uh, because yeah. it hadn't been done yet, even though it. Yes, it has. Yep. In two, and also the Persona Three Portable, 
version. But yeah, I also, think we even mentioned you, that if here, you counted, actually. Yeah. If you counted, though, uh, Persona 3 Fez, um, uh, the, guess, like the add-on yeah. content with Igas, yeah, would, would count as that, too. I guess so. So. Because the main protagonist yeah. was dead. Uh-huh. Spoilers. I think they did, like, some sort of... Uh, Side content like a, a book or something where they bring them back to life. I don't know. It's fucking dumb. Like most Persona games, I don't care about what happens to the characters after the game because it's usually stupid. Yep, it's just like Star Wars. Yeah. The anyway, Persona uh, extended universe. Yeah. No, like that Junpei is actually got what I want. By a moon is... falling on him. Okay, never mind. Back into it now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah. Well, that was like the whole ending of that game was like the moon was coming close to Earth. Like that'd be great if it actually fell, but it only landed on Junpei. No, you're thinking of Majora's Mask. No, the moon was also yeah, like I, in Persona because that's where you fought the final boss. Yeah. Anyway, what? That final what, boss what are you, is on the moon. What were you gonna um, ask? No, I I want the flavor of Yakuza. Like I I like the. Style and kind of energy of those games a whole lot, but again, like the type of games that they actually are, where I the parts where I sit down and play them, like just don't really land with me the way that the rest of the game does. So I just don't, you know, the fact that that's a JRPG, but it has the style and humor of Yakuza is extremely appealing to me. Uh, it is a bummer it's not on PlayStation Five. The thing is, though, what was three was the last Yakuza game you played, right? Uh huh. Yeah, that's the worst one. Well, <laughs> so like, played zero because for one thing, yeah. the combat end is way better with the various styles you can unlock and everything, and also just like running smoother and everything. Uh, and then four also has the multiple protagonists. So does five, actually. Um, so how does the remakes of one and two hold up? Uh, like, re- did... well, what do you mean hold up? So, I kind of got into this with somebody on Twitter recently, where there's a pretty broad spectrum to remakes, where some of them, like Demon Souls, are just very rigid to the original, uh, whereas others, like, say, your Resident Evil remakes, they iterate on the original a lot, but still retain, you know, kind of what made that game what it was. So, like, with the Yakuza remakes, are they just, like, hey, it's that game again, but we added a new coat of paint to it? No. Or have they made improvements on it to make it more playable? Yes. Uh, th- okay. They have the same story. Other than that, they are entirely new. Okay. I believe one actually uses the same voice acting, but the cutscenes are oh. new, like they're newly animated. Uh, and the combat in it is based on the combat from Yakuza 0. Um, okay. In fact, the whole engine, it's basically like they took the Yakuza 0 game and sort of retrofitted it to remake Yakuza 1, which is good because Yakuza 1 was not good. Um, That's part of why I was a little like, uh, you know, even at 25 bucks, I'm not sure about buying this collection is because I have virtually no interest in playing one or two because I imagine that they just like those games themselves have probably not aged very well or held up at all. That collection is not not one or two. Wait, what is in that collection then? Four, five, three, four, and five. Oh. Okay, I thought it was everything. No, the remastered one, are, those are the PS3 games. That, okay. they, that they've that they now updated to 
like run at 60 frames per second and like I said they took all uh-huh. of the removed stuff out of it and also like it has new translations okay um but Kiwami well, 1 and 2 are the remakes of 1 and 2 wait so does the remaster thing does it include that weird thing they did where it was like in ancient Japan no okay those have never come out in english unfortunately they ha- okay all right I hope I was unsure. I literally just remembered that those existed. We forgot to uh, mention it last week, but there was that thing with the Capcom leak that mentioned that there right. might be yeah. English releases of Daigyakuten Saiban, which are the Phoenix Wright spin-offs about like Meiji era Japan. Uh and I hope that happens. If that happens, then maybe there's hope for Kinzan and Ishin coming out in English. Yeah. But probably not. Should we talk about that leak real quick? If you want, if you're done with kind of... Yakuza. I, I was going to say, though, uh, the difference is that Kiwami 1 is based on the Yakuza 0 engine, but Kiwami 2 is based on the Yakuza 6 engine, so it's very different. Um, uh. the I believe the Dragon engine is what it's called, and that's much more physics-based, and unfortunately it also runs worse because of this. Um. Mm. There there are neat things about it, like specifically that you just like go into stores, you don't load into a separate thing. They're just like you can grab someone on the street and like throw them through a shop window and then the guy inside gets mad at you and won't let you buy bento boxes or whatever. <laughs> and some of that stuff's neat. But I actually much prefer the um the Zero and Kiwami one style. Uh Judgment also uses the Dragon Engine, but so Yakuza Like a Dragon is also using this engine, I think. Except, obviously, thanks to the better hardware, it now runs a higher resolution and high frame rate, which, boy, I wish they would at least like patch in an option to unlock frame rates on the old games, because um, with the PS5 and Series X, it should be fine to run them at 60. Yeah. But, uh... Anyway, what uh, Capcom? Yeah, so we, like you said, we didn't talk about this last week because uh, PlayStation Five came out. And we had a lot to talk about, uh, but Capcom uh, they got hacked into. Uh, their computers were loaded up with ransomware, and uh, the, the hackers wanted something like thirteen million dollars or something along those lines. Otherwise, they would end up releasing a bunch of information that they had acquired through Capcom servers. And to kind of prove that they had actually managed to get in there, they also posted a bunch of like personal email and like employee information. Uh, so some of that stuff is out there too. Uh, although I think if you look that stuff up specifically, you're maybe kind of a scumbag. Um, but the stuff that they started putting out there, because of course Capcom did not comply with giving them 13 million damn dollars, uh, was like you said, the Ace Attorney thing, which is probably like the biggest thing out of that leak. Uh, there was some stuff about new games that they are working on. There's a, I think, like Project Shield, which they did not say like what kind of game that is, what it's about, just that it's a title that they're working on. Uh, apparently, Resident Evil 8 is targeting an April launch. Okay. Uh, and it will have a demo before it comes out, which is pretty consistent with what they've been doing for other Resident Evils these last few years. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that said, like, that is just, hey, we have this, like, PowerPoint document that says we're targeting April that does not guarantee it's coming out in April. Sure. Um, 
But yeah, it, it, mostly like the, the big thing is Capcom got broken into in a really big way. Uh, the, there is some indication that this first round, well, rather the stuff that got leaked out about what they're working on is just the first round of stuff to drop and that there might be more to come. Mm -hmm. uh, as far as I'm aware, they haven't made any arrests or caught anybody for it yet. Uh, but no customer information was hacked into, thankfully. So your your Capcom accounts, your Resident Evil ambassador program accounts are probably not compromised. Maybe. Hopefully. Possibly. Almost definitely. But that information is not getting Change your password. <laughs> yes. Change your fucking password. What is the um, Resident Evil ambassador program? That is... I'm signed up for that, but I've never gotten any kind of, like, benefit from it. It just kind of gives you updates about what they're doing and new content they're adding and patches and things like that. But it also is what they've been using to uh, beta test games. So when they were doing that thing where they were having people, like, beta test uh, the, like, online thing for Resident Evil 3, like, they went through the ambassador program to find people for that. Uh, they went through the ambassador program to find people to beta test Resident Evil 8. So that's it's part of their weird like outreach program just to have some sort of like interaction with fans for the games and you know kind of keep interest. Okay. It's pointless. You I, don't need to sign up for it. It it I would unless not. you're way into Resident Evil, it doesn't matter. I like Resident Evil. Even then it barely matters. Yeah. I don't like some it that much. Do. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I mean, yeah, uh, I'm mostly just excited for Ace Attorney. Give it to me. Give him. Give give me all of them. Put the uh, Ace Attorney Professor Layton crossover in there too. Why not? I don't want to pull out my DS to play these games. Yeah, uh, I've not played any Switch. of. Uh, I've not played any of the Ace Attorney games. So if they put that collection out, I'd be, I'd be way into that. You haven't played any of them. I haven't played any of them, Larry. Not even one. I mean, the the original trilogy's out. Like, there's already a collection of that. You could just get it. I haven't there's played stopping any you. of them, Larry. <laughs> Not a single one. Um. Oh, there was. I can't remember. I had something on the tip of my tongue, and I lost it. Great. But yeah, I. I would like to get that collection if they actually put it out, which I would imagine they are. If they are working well, on that thing, well, then. But then why would you get if you haven't played the ones before those? Because I'm a fucking maniac. Well, I... Okay. <laughs> anyway, my thoughts on Yakuza Like Dragon. I like it. Next up, what okay. have you been playing? Uh, Well, like I said, I beat Demon's Souls, so it was time to move on to something else. Uh, so I've been... I have now beaten Miles Morales. I put more time into that. Uh, beat New Game Plus as well, got all the trophies for that, which unlike uh, Demon's Souls was a lot more easy to do without like hating the game in the process. Sure. Uh, but overall, it's a very good game. Uh, I think mostly for some of the reasons that we had talked about last week, that it's just, you know, it, it cuts a lot of the fat from the first game, and just by being much more focused, it is a more fun version of the original Spider-Man game on the PlayStation 4. Mm -hmm. um, I, there's not a lot of, like, uh, like, now that I'm through with it, there's not a lot of villains from Spider-Man's, like, rogue gallery that really show up in this thing. 
outside of the Rhino, who you fight at the start of the game. Uh, Tinkerer, of course, is is the main villain, and then you know it's a Miles Morales story, so the Prowler shows up. Oh sure, uh, that's pretty much it. There's there's two more in there, but I won't spoil it. But you don't really actually fight them; they just kind of you know pop up and say, "Hey, I'm here." Okay. There's a, there's a little bit where they reference Black Cat at one point, I guess. Yeah, I mean that's she left. It. At the end of the yeah. DLC of the first one, it's not faked her so. Death. It's not really, yeah. It's not really a spoiler. You you open up a computer at some point and see like a list of people that Roxon was considering working with. And one of them is just like uh, a cat burglar, but she retired. Oh yeah. And then okay. uh, they they mentioned Tombstone in there as well, but since he's incarcerated, they yeah uh, yeah. yeah. And Hammerhead That's... died after he got Robocoped. Uh, he got exploded on an aircraft carrier or something. That's weird. Hammerhead. Oh, but yeah. So the, there's not a lot of like, if you're going into that game and you're expecting like a bunch of very notable villains from Spider-Man showing up and you know fighting them across New York, you're maybe getting into the wrong game. I wasn't. Uh, it, like it, it's a well, of like course, it, but Miles is just starting to be Spidey-Man. He's got to take it slow at first. Yeah. Take on the little guys. Like Tinkerer yeah. Sure That's The guy so... from Roxxon who looks like Shea Wiggum <laughs> How far are you in Spider-Man? Because I know you've been playing some of it too Like, like two missions in That first two one where you go in. to the Roxxon okay. plant And that was it Alright, then I don't want to uh, spoil a reveal That is admittedly early into the game It's something that like I thought they would say for a twist for later, but they end up addressing it a lot more quickly, and so I was kind of surprised about stuff like that. All but, right. I, oh, um, by the way, I hate da- the Danica, ca- Dana cast. Yes, I do it's too. Terrible. It is awful. The only bit I like about that is when she ends the broadcast with like a helpful tip, because it's always just dumb shit like you know, clean your dryer trap. Sure. Make sure you stand up and walk around every 30 minutes. Like, that stuff is is cute and funny, but the rest of it is pretty obnoxious and not really that interesting. I feel like that was maybe a direct response to people. Like, they shouldn't be turning J. John Jameson into an Alex Jones type. It legitimizes Alex Jones or whatever. No, it doesn't. And No, it doesn't. It, It was a funny thing for him to be talking about, like, that's the proper evolution of J. Jonah Jameson. Yeah. As the natural progression of his character as Spider-Man ends up adapting to the times is that, of course, he would become an Alex Jones type. Yeah, sure. Like, his business was basically running a tabloid. Yeah. And Alex Jones is nothing if not the evolution of tabloids. Unfortunately, yes. We need Bat-Boy to come back and save us. I want a Bat Boy podcast hosted by Bat Boy. Why is this not a thing? I don't know. It probably is somewhere. Free Some Bat Boy. On it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, sure. That, like, the Jameson stuff is still there. Like, there is a good bit where they actually end up crossing those over and they have, like, a debate with each other. Oh, okay. And Jameson I, I... decides to give her a mercy win by just quitting the debate two minutes in. I just heard uh, one near the beginning where he was talking about like the rhino crashing through his thing for kids for charity yeah. for Christmas. That was it. After that, it was just all Danacast. So yeah. as you get further in, I would say that there is an equal amount of Danacast to just the facts. 
So good. that the, the Jonas the J. Jonah Jameson stuff is still absolutely there. Okay, good. Wish you yeah. could just skip whenever Dana Cast comes up. Don't want to hear. I suppose like you could you know, pause I don't, it and I don't go like into the menu and just women. play a J. Jonah Jameson thing. Well, okay. <laughs> they need... Women are not funny. You tell me this all the time. <laughs> That's right. They need to stay in the kitchen. Oh, no. all, all these other hot topic talking points I'm turning into Adam Carolla at this point Just wait until we talk about The Godfather later If you think that this podcast is a fucking mess Oh no Yeah We should save that for next week Because I want to rewatch him, actually uh, I had nothing else to talk about Well, me Let either. me talk about the first one And then we can watch the second one together How about that? Alright, fine I'm like only an hour into that second one That movie is three and a half damn hours long Oh yeah Couldn't finish that thing in one sitting Get out of here Also uh, I, I guess I have seen the first one more recently I haven't watched the second one since I first saw it mm. It, it well, is kind of a big ask Yeah But yeah like the, the stuff that I really like uh, mechanically about Miles Morales Is all the Venom stuff that they have you doing Like those moves feel really Really good in that game Especially like when you get to the end of it You just have everything unlocked The amount of crazy shit that you can do in a combo Is really great And it feels yeah. very good Yeah I really um, like all of that stuff um, Because The combat in the first game So I got pretty stale It was just like get in the air, yank someone up, combo them Move on to the next person yeah. Yank them up, combo them and so, yeah, having actual super moves to do instead of just the one-shot finishers, you have those too. But yeah, um, I like it quite a bit. Also, they just look really cool. You just like yeah. do a mega punt, like a, a one-punch man, or no? So when you get all style punch, when you get all four of them, is when you're able to then just start chaining them together in really crazy ways. So you get one where you like run forward and basically just body slam somebody. Uh, and that's real good because you can chain it with like doing the one where you start from a standing position and you jump straight up. And so that knocks enemies into the air. And then while you're in the air, you could do the dash forward and just like launch them really fucking far. Okay, I don't have the dash. I have like the punch and the launcher. The dash, the dash is like the last one that you get. Uh, you probably end up getting that like eighty percent into the story. But cool. Like when you do, when you do eventually have them all, it it feels really good just seeing what ways you can chain those together. And then of course, when you go into new game plus, you retain all of that stuff. So being able to go back into those early missions just completely overpowered with all of your moves is a lot of fun too. Mm-hmm. Uh, the bit with the rhino at the start of it Just having like three full bars Of the venom like Because the way that they had that stuff is Similar to how you build a combo to get a finisher As you're building combos you are building Meter for your venom move And then that by the end of the game is segmented into Three meters for three uses of a venom move And so when you're fighting the rhino At the start of it the way that you stagger him to do Damage is you hit him with a venom move but at the start Of the game you only have the one so when you have all three, you basically Rhino just does not get to attack fucking at all. Because yeah. you will break his guard with one, combo him, build a meter, break it again, and just repeat it over and over again in a corner until he's dead. Good. That's what it he feels deserves. Really good. Yes. Yes, it is. Uh, you know, it's kind of messed up also. There's a trophy for breaking a bunch of stuff when you're riding him, even though the game tells you to avoid breaking stuff. Uh-huh. Yeah, cool. it does. 
Uh, I got that my first try, though, because I knew about that going in, so I intentionally just crashed into everything I could, including the baby. Uh, but that was more malicious on my end, because, of course, I do not like babies. Destroy all children podcast. I would be remiss if I did not try to run the baby over in Spider-Man. That's a good point. Yeah. A uh, uh, can you pet the dog style Twitter account, but it's can you kill the baby? <laughs> you can pet a cat in this game. Cooking Can't pet mama? no dogs, but no. you can pet a cat. Well, yeah. Yeah. The cat I, is I, named Spider-Man. I like how if you walk near people and you do the like point, like finger guns at them, it shoots little sparks. Yeah. That's cute. Yeah. I mean, you you know, you haven't gotten very far in it, but like how are you enjoying it so far? Pretty good. All right, it, next it's, game. It's Spider-Man. Uh I have played yeah. more of Watch Dogs Legion. I'm still having okay. a pretty good time with that. Uh I finally I stopped messing around and got to the part where it actually like activates permadeath. And then I was going for what was it? I was disrupting propaganda on the top of Buckingham Palace, and so I summoned a cargo drone and climbed on top of it, and then flew it to the top while I was on it, disrupted the propaganda, and got some tech points. And then I saw one of the Buckingham Palace guards had an icon above him with a key, and I thought, oh, I need to get the key. And so I went to try to download the key from him. But said I was out of range Even though I hovered the the cargo drone Like right above his head And he didn't like that And then it set off an alarm And they sent a whole bunch of drones after me And I couldn't fly away from him fast enough Because the cargo drone's not very fast And I ended up just like Flying to a nearby rooftop and jumped off But then I couldn't get down from the rooftop And there were a whole bunch of drones Anyway, Stephen Wong died uh, On that rooftop Oh no uh, He was a... Uh, he was a protest leader. He, uh, he was actually a really good operative. It's too. I I appreciate his sacrifice in the line of duty. Although now I need to find somebody else who is immune to gas. That seems like it would be really useful. <laughs> anyway, Stephen um, Wong would frequently Dutch oven himself to build up his immunity <laughs> to gas. You see, yeah. <laughs> he wore a pig mask. Oh no! Not the one on the cover, though. A different kind of pig mask. Mm. Yeah, I, emergent look, gameplay they call it. This reminds me that uh, I like how people think Buckingham Palace guards are just like they can't interact with you, and so people fuck around with them, and they end up like getting screamed at or punched <laughs> out. It's one of my favorite <laughs> favorite facts about Great Britain. I wonder where that started Like the whole thing about like Buckingham Palace Guards can't actually do anything I have to imagine It is people in Britain knowing that They can absolutely do stuff and fucking With dumb tourists (laughs) maybe, And telling them otherwise Well I think part of it is just the whole thing of that They have to stand at attention perfectly still The whole time and then that makes you think Oh they they have to be Like a statue Yeah Yeah. I don't know I blame... There's a lot of good compilations on YouTube of them fucking ripping into people though, and it's it's pretty good. I blame Shanghai Nights, the movie with uh, <laughs> Jackie Chan and Owen Wilson. It's all Owen Wilson's fault. The movie's the first uh-huh. time I heard of Spotted Dick. 
Yeah, I uh, Watch Dogs Legion is a, another game where I'm kind of looking at and going like, ah, it's really affordable right now, but fuck, I got a lot. By the, t- by the time those things go on sale again, I will have finished everything else, and I imagine that they would go on sale for even less. Probably. That's part of why I'm, I'm sitting on some stuff. I mean, the Uncharted Collection is probably the exception to that, but at the same time, the Uncharted Collection, like I said, is one of those things of, of, of like, I don't know if I want to start those games again and have it affect my appreciation for them. And I bet so. that will be on PS Plus at some point again, like as part of that collection, probably. probably. Yeah, um, I already picked up uh, Uncharted 4 off of the PS Plus collection, uh, yeah. even though I really have no intention to go back and play that thing. I just want to claim it on my account, just yeah, you know, just in case. Oh, I did that for everything. I claimed uh, Detroit Become Human, even though I'm definitely never going to play that again. Oh, sure. You should play that, though. For the price of free, it's worth experiencing. Yeah, I guess I should. I, I'm going to claim that after this podcast. Um... I claimed until dawn though, because I want to give that a shot at some yeah. point. Too spooky for me. It's got Windigos in it. That's right. It's got Larry Fessenden in it and Peter Sturmare. Yeah. Uh, By the way, uh, sh- of... th- thank you to Miles Morales Spider Man for finally telling me how to pr- how to pronounce Genki, which I had no idea of when reading Miles Morales comics. I thought really? it was like Gunk or Gunka or something. It's spelled the same way as Professor Genki from Saints Row the Third. No, it's not, actually. Really? I no. thought it was. No, Genki is uh, G-E-N-K-I, and this Genki oh. is G-A-N-K-E. Also, he's... Is he Korean, I think? I don't... I'm not really sure. Okay. Is it just me, or does his voice actor sound like the same guy who voices Peter Parker in the game, though? A little bit. Okay. So if it, it can't it can't be him. I didn't no, take a look at the not. credits, but it can't possibly be him. But it sounds there's parts of the game where it sounds dead on like the same actor. Oh no. Uh, usually when he gets more animated. I but, think that they renamed him to Ned for the movies. Like what was that about? Uh, I thought stupid. that Ned was actually a character from Spider-Man. That like original Peter Parker Spider-Man, like that character Ned actually becomes a villain in the original comic. Not that I know of. Like that's not maybe. that is not supposed to be Yankee. That is that is an actual character that already exists in Spider-Man's continuity. Maybe, but I I'm pretty the sure characterization about is the same as Genki, and yes. also it happened right after like Miles Morales was becoming a popular thing, and so yes. it was clearly like that's who he's supposed to be. Yeah, like I don't I don't doubt that because I think. I remember looking this up because when that also, movie came out because I was wondering if that was a character from the comics or not. And from my from what I recall, it is, and he becomes a villain in the comics. But the characterization in the movie is completely different than what the characterization is in the comic book. Probably. That's so, yeah. probably I don't like one that of those really obscure Spider-Man characters, like uh, I don't know, uh, like, Eddie Brock. Yeah, nobody's heard of Eddie Brock before. Yeah. Uh Harry Osborn. Who's that? Uh, is that like know. Norman Osborn? Well, I think he's like a clone of Norman Osborn. Okay. Sure it's not like his brother or something. Yeah, maybe like a cousin, maybe. Yeah. Well, I you know, maybe you're onto something with the clones cuz I remember the whole clone saga. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, who knows? 
Spider-Man killed his uh, girlfriend with radioactive sperm. That is the main thing that I remember from Spider-Man. So, yeah, that's canon. Yeah, Spider-Man. I really like the concept of Spider-Man. I like Spider-Man related media. Every time I try to read the comics, it is one of the most fucking unreadable modern, like mainstream superhero uh-huh. comics I've ever sat down Did- with. Oh Holy man! Shit. Did you see the screenshots from the new um, new documentary on Disney Plus about no. like Marvel comics? No, it, I have not. It's been so much time crapping on Dan Slott that it is amazing. <laughs> like, it, <laughs> it's, don't link me them after the podcast. Yeah, it, there's this whole bit about how he oh. cannot deal with deadlines. He doesn't even write most of the comics himself. Like he does it Marvel style where he just like gives a basic plot outline and then the artist is the one that actually writes it. And then there's this bit with Joe Caramagna, who's the letterer, like he letters almost every comic that's published. And there's a bit where he's like, it'll be like two days before the comic is set to go to print. And I will be sending Dan Slott emails like, man, I need a script. I need this now. <laughs> And, and then there's this bit with uh, like Tom Brevoort where he's like, well, saying what Dan Slott does as work is uh, maybe generous. <laughs> and this bit, and then it's like, well, we're really down to the wire on this one, Dan. And Dan Slott's like, but that's the magic of comics. No, it's not. <laughs> no, no, it's not. Fucking what the hell, Dan? No, <laughs> he's the worst. Uh, it it just really solidified. Like, yes, I am correct in hating this hack, this hack fraud. How many years did he work on Spider Man? It was like a really long time. Yes, right? yeah, it was. He was on it's it like a for, decade, probably. This also makes me believe now that I know about uh his work method that whatever I liked about Superior Spider Man was probably not due to him. It must have been like Ryan Stegman coming up with all the good stuff in there, which I believe. Yeah, someone at the eleventh hour going like, "Shit, we don't have a script. I don't know. Do this." Yeah. Uh, Maybe. No idea. That I. You need to show me some of that stuff when this podcast is over. Yeah. I'll I need to. It. I need to actually get signed up for Disney Plus when The Mandalorian the second season wraps up so I can just binge that. So I'll probably watch that documentary at the same time. But. I'm probably going to sign up for uh, another month of Hulu to watch Fargo Season 4 while I'm stuck at work for like 60 hours this week. That'll be good. I have a two-week free trial for HBO Max, so I'm going to watch Ooh. that last season of Curb Your Enthusiasm and uh, as much Alan Partridge as I can fit into my brain in that span of time. Well, it's not that uh, long, so... No, I, I'll probably be able to do it, but uh, I got that code from doing like a, a big movie order at Best Buy, and I think that I got that code because uh, I bought the Sonic the Hedgehog movie, so look forward to me reviewing that shit. I fucking caved. I part of me caving was looking at my shelf and going like, well, "I got the Mario Brothers movie, so it's a little <laughs> weird that I don't have the Sonic movie." No, it's not. I know it's not. My fucking brain is damaged. So I don't know. I I bought that. I'm looking forward to being whelmed by it. I I have the feeling that it is not like a really really bad movie, but that it's also not nearly as good as people want to make it out to be. So. Oh no, I I think it's that's Price just like lowered fine. expectations. Yeah. Yeah. 
I still also just part of the reason I don't part of the reason I think that I was pretty like far into the camp of I don't want to fucking see this thing is I really just also don't like Jim Carrey like as a human being so I'm neutral I might have something to do with it yeah I intensely dislike Jim Carrey why what's your problem with Jim Carrey the, the the First of all, the anti-vax stuff for one, and then after that, just his whole, like, I'm going around being a real big fucking nihilist about everything, and then everyone on the internet's going to say I'm woke, because I went to a fashion show and said that this was all superficial. Didn't he walk back the anti-vax stuff once he, like, split with Jenny McCarthy? Yeah, except, like, at that point, dude, the damage is done. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I'm just saying, like, I don't know if he actually did or not. I was guessing. The anti-vax stuff is is really the the main thing for me. Like especially when you are a celebrity and you are very far at the anti-vax camp and you are using your influence and your voice to further that bullshit. I I think you are a piece of shit. Yeah. So why couldn't Jim Carrey just Rob be like... Schneider? It's on fucking <laughs> on my shit list, man. Jim Carrey, he could just been like a regular flat earther guy or something. Yeah. He could have believed in the expanding Earth theory, but no, he had to go with anti-vaxxer stuff. Right, like, um... Because uh, Jenna McCarthy's a babe. That's the entire reason that he went along with it. Well, he's uh, not... Well, I would say a lot of things. <laughs> if it meant, like, <laughs> well, here's Jenny McCarthy. Uh, sure. Yeah, yep, mm, va- vaccines, yep, causing autism all over the place. Sure, whatever you say. What? Oh know. God! Well, I'm blanking on her name. She played Pepper Potts. Gwyneth Paltrow. Gwyneth Paltrow. Yeah, sure. Look, as with Gwyneth real Paltrow, dumb. I would. Yes, I would completely put up with her shoving rocks up her vagina or whatever, though. <laughs> like, it, look, it's fine. It's fine. Okay. <laughs> yeah, a lot of weird stuff going on over at Goop HQ. <laughs> <laughs> Miles Morales needs to infiltrate Goop headquarters. (laughs) (laughs) They're all over the city, but there's only actually like three of them because we made this game a lot more approachable than the last one. Mm. Uh, Anyway, yeah, uh, Miles Morales is is very good. Uh, I'm glad you're having a good time with Watch Dogs Legion. I have been playing one other video game, though, Larry Davis. (gasps) What? Yeah, that's right. Uh, So I... Started Crash Bandicoot 4. Oh, uh-huh. bazinga. Podcast is over. <laughs> yeah, Crash Bandicoot 4. It's about time. Yes. Um, they made a crash-ass crash game, Larry. Good. Yeah, well, crash. maybe. Crash is it. The Sonic's ass game has returned with even more ass. Uh, these levels are too fucking long. What? Yes. Uh, so it feels like most levels are like three normal length Crash Bandicoot levels stitched together end to end like a Bandicoot centipede. <laughs> okay. And like it. Who's at the it's end? It's too much. Huh? Oh, um, Cortex. All right. Who's in the middle? Uh, Coco. Oh, and then at the front is Crash? At the front is Crash, yeah. Which yeah, is really they... bad because he's just eating a ton of Wumpa fruit. Oh. Yeah, well, that's yeah. the best position to be in, so congratulations, 
congratulations to Crash. Crash don't care. No. Yeah. What do you think Crash about doesn't that, do anything and everything. that new lady that uh, people are either very horny for or very angry at? Uh, I'm both angry and horny simultaneously to answer your question. Great. No, actually, uh, centrist. I've played... <laughs> That's right. I'm a true centrist. I'm both mad and very aroused. Uh, I've played two Twana levels. Uh, you unlock her in the third world, and then that opens up one level in the second world. Because, uh, like, in the second world, there's this event where, like, you know, a, a character name comes up, but it's, like, question marks, and they have one line, and then something in the level happens, and Crash has to react to it. And so you then go back and you replay those levels from the other person's perspective and see how it influenced crashes. Uh, I don't know if it's the case throughout the entire game, uh, but in this particular level, it is a, you know, Crash is running towards the camera chase sequence. He's being chased by a car, and he's in, like, this, uh, you know, this metal ball uh, going down this highway. When you play it again as Twana, after you cause the car to chase after Crash, you replay Crash's portion of that, but they make it fucking harder. There's just, like, nitro crates all over the damn place. So I don't know if it's that every time you influence something, you replay Crash's segment, but it's more difficult. But I actually thought that was kind of, like, a fun little twist at the end of the level. Uh, but her gameplay is actually pretty good. Like, you have, like, a grappling hook and stuff to kind of, like, zip around the world and, like, hit boxes that are out of reach and things like that. Uh, Adding a grappling hook is always a good decision. Look at Titanfall 2. Should have given her a hook blade. It's both a hook and a blade. Ooh. Yeah. Also, in the fourth world, Darkseid shows up. Mmm. Zack Snyder's Crash Bandicoot 4. <laughs> oh, no. Did you see, by the way... It's all in black and white. <laughs> that for, some, for some reason, people keep calling Darkseid Uxus in this. No, what? Like that? Well, that's Darkseid's real name, but nobody ever okay. called him that. Like th- that was basically like before he was dark side, like when he was a prince or whatever, he was Uxus. But Please, now Uxus is my father. Call me Dark Side. Yeah. But but now I guess because Zack Snyder decided he likes that name, now they're just calling him Uxus and all the Zack Snyder fans are also calling him Uxus, even though no go no. Stop. Stop. Did you see that Stop did you see that really, really good picture of the Stefan Wolf redesign in the movie? Oh yeah. Looks like some PlayStation 2-ass graphics. I really like how they went full CGI with him, but still just made him look like a guy in a stupid suit. Yep. Like, why... The original design actually looked interesting. It was like a monster man. Um, yeah. And instead, like, now it's just a guy in a spiky suit. Yeah. I still like all the Snyder sycophants, though, going like, This looks amazing! It's so much better! Yeah, it looks like a Radeon tech demo where they're like, there look, was, look at how many spikes yeah. there are on this. It's on the box for your graphics card circa 2003. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there was one person I had seen on Twitter specifically who said, like, this looks amazing. This is some Lord of the Rings level. Like, this looks great. And I, I was like, yeah, it's Lord of the Rings level in the sense that it looks like it was rendered in 2001. Yeah, yeah. It's like, like, it looks you fucking know, bad. Also, I'm going to say Lord of the Rings looks better than that. Yeah. Like, Lord of the Rings yeah, looks I... better than a lot of stuff coming out now, actually, if you compare them. Yeah. 
Look, the thing I said was insulting to Lord of the Rings, but it still looks like it was rendered into... It looks like it came out of uh, the early, like, the Scooby-Doo live-action movies. Like, Steppenwolf is in a dress, and sure. he's walking around all funny, and, and Fred's like, what's wrong with that lady? Yeah. Okay. Oh, it looks terrible. It Thanks, looks really James bad. Gunn. Anyway. Yeah. Thanks, Joss Whedon. You tried your best. Now everyone's shitting on you. Well, look. <laughs> I, been... I have no sympathy for Joss Whedon. They had that picture out where it was Cyborg, like, looking all sad out a window on, like, a rainy day, and it was in Grayskull. It was the funniest fucking thing I've ever seen to be still just <laughs> fucking Cyborg. <laughs> yeah. God damn, that thing's gonna be dumb. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's gonna be so bad, people are gonna lap it up. Zack Snyder might be the stupidest director currently alive. Might be. And I love it. It's great. I Pretty much either him or Michael Bay, but the weird thing is I think Michael Bay actually has a craft. I don't uh, like well, I, his craft, but he has a craft. I th- The thing is, Michael Bay has no delusions about what he's doing. No. He knows exactly what he's doing, and he d- is not yeah. like, trying to make it tr- like high art. Zack Snyder believes that he is like... Uh, like a Antonioni level filmmaker, like he's like the new Jean Luc Godard, because he is making his true vision of Justice League, and uh, then it just makes me think of that GIF of him explaining how to break Zod's neck, <laughs> where he's just like, and then like crack, uh. it's like sick, bro. <laughs> uh. Well. That'll come out at some point. Anyway, the Snyder Cut was sure done. Sure has taken a while for a movie that was ostensibly finished. Yeah, all they had to do was release it. at any time. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Anyway, uh, a year later. <laughs> That's not even going to be out until next year. Probably yeah. late next year. Oh, hey, speaking of It's also of which, like the length of a whole series at this point. Because, you know, it was totally done. Speaking of which... Wonder Woman um, 1984 will be on HBO Max oh, yeah. for Christmas. We didn't mention that. Theaters, sorry, dig a grave for them. They're done. Yeah, the slow, the slow march to the grave that movie theaters are doing. Well, it was a slow march. Now they're just jumping in, filling in the dirt, because that's it. Mm. Only a matter of time yeah. until Black Widow shows up on Disney Plus, and then that's like packing it in. Oh, yeah, that's... Yeah, I think at that point it's pretty much just a done deal. Theaters yeah. are on the way out when Marvel caves. Yeah. Uh, no time to die, though. Meanwhile, like, they <laughs> tried, but they wanted a fucking ridiculous... They wanted the cost of the movie up front, uh, the whole production yeah. value of it. And then, of course, no one's going to bite the bullet and take that. So it's still not showing up on streaming for that reason. It's weird that that's it... one they won't just do like a like a premium paid thing. I guess the results from others must not have been good because yeah. that's like the one. Well, I mean, that the I results on Tenet for. is so fucking good. No wonder they want to put it in a movie theater. <laughs> yeah, and also Tenet, the the movie that's so good that they jacked up the price on the Blu-ray because they know you probably didn't see it in a theater. <laughs> so they're like, here, you get to pay like $50 for the 4K version or whatever it is with no special features except for subtitles, which apparently you really need. 
yeah. from what I've heard. Well, it's a Christopher Nolan movie, so of course the audio mixing is going to be terrible. Uh huh. Robert Pattinson, he's wearing the mask, and then it, it he just folds like this all the time, and it's like, what's this guy say? I don't understand. And it's just something Nobody with cared the who he was until he put on the mask. Yeah. You, I mean, you know you're really good at making movies When people have to wonder if the theater's audio system is messed up Or if this is how it's actually supposed to be I mean, so that was the case for me seeing Inception Is the audio mixing in that movie is so fucking terrible That there were, like, some pretty serious stretches Where I could not understand what characters were saying And I was sitting in that sweet spot in the movie theater Where the audio just kind of, like, coalesces So, that's a problem I'm really... Speaking of movies that you bought recently And soon this show's just going to become a movie review show Which I'm okay with um, I bought a lot of movies, so that, yeah, probably That's right uh, I'm really looking forward to us discussing The Lighthouse and Casino in the future Yes! I am too <laughs> The Lighthouse is really something I can't wait to find out I, I've i been chomping at the bit to get to that movie At like a you know an approachable price I've been mentioning it to you on and off Mm-hmm like man, I want to see the lighthouse. I just need to. Oh, I need to find a good way to see the lighthouse. <laughs> so finally, oh, that's great. Finally, I got it coming. Apparently, that package will arrive today. Good. Practically overnighting that thing to me. So thank you, Best Buy. I won't have um, Star Wars Squadrons for Redemption a few Art. days. Yeah. Mm, yeah. I have it right now. Uh, it was a debate between whether I should play that or Crash Four. Anyway, back to Crash Four. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, Crash Four. Too long. Yeah, 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 but, like, part of the problem, too, is the way that they pad their content out. So in old Crash games, there was, like, you had a, you know, a silver gem that you would get if you broke all the boxes in a level. And then you might have a color gem, and then, of course, you have the one, like, crystal that is part of the level completion that you're always going to get because it's, like, right out in the open. Now there's just, like, six colorless gems in every level. Uh, three of them unlock based on how much Wumpa Fruit you acquire. Uh, to get all three, you need to collect about 80% of the Wumpa Fruit on a level, which sounds like a really obnoxious task, but so far I've always unlocked those gems in a level. Uh, you just you will always get enough to fill it out to the point that it is kind of ridiculous that those are even given to you in the first place. I just I don't really understand why they even bother. Uh, you then have one for beating the level... Uh, without dying more than three times. So no longer do you have to be the level getting every box in one life. Except you do, but I'll get to that. Uh, you have one that's just hidden in the level that you just need to find it again to it. I think that's perfectly fine. I think probably that should be the only color colorless gym in a level. Uh, and then uh, after that, you unlock time trials. And so then, of course, you, got, you have to get the platinum relics to get 100%. Then you have to get an additional set of gems, which is that you replay a level, but you meet all the requirements for all the gems in one life on your first go, and then you get that one, which that fucking sucks. Uh, and then there's these tapes, and you pick up the tapes, and then it takes you to, like, levels that are, like, they're from 1996, when, like, Cortex is training Crash, and it's all in, like, Cortex's facility. So you gotta get all that shit. 
And then in those levels, you got to get all the boxes in those too to get the platinum trophy in the fucking flashback level. There's too much. There's too damn much. Because then, like, at some point, I end up, you'll, like, unlock the inverted levels. So then you play the levels backwards, but Ooh. then you got to get all the fucking gems again. <laughs> okay. Just doubles the amount of the gems. And, like, so you know how in the old Crash games, if you wanted to get all no. the gems and you, or not. If you wanted to get all the boxes, you get to the end of the level and you found out you're missing like two boxes and you're like, well, I'm not doing this anymore. Yeah. So in Crash 4, I frequent, like more often than not, I will get to the end of the level and I will be missing like a single box. And th the biggest problem I'm having with box gyms in particular is that they like to hide boxes off screen with absolutely no visual cue that they are there. Cool. So there will be times where you need to jump onto a box and then double jump with maximum height off of the box and then spin off screen and you'll hit a box that was above the camera that you had no fucking way to know was there. And so now every time I see boxes that are stacked more than one high, I, out of instinct, jump and double jump off the box and spin just thinking like, I don't know, maybe there's something up here. I have no way to tell except doing this and hoping for the best. So I think I'm giving up. Gems? Yes. I, I think that I'm just giving up with the gyms like altogether. It just is. That part of Crash Bandicoot games was always kind of frustrating, but it was at least still doable. In Crash 4, it is agonizing, and I just want nothing to do with it. So We're Toys for Bob with the Banjo-Kazooie Donkey Kong 64 route of just putting too much bullshit in their video game. We're making progress. You're getting there. Soon you will learn to just completely let go and stop caring about completion. The actual breaking point is uh, seeing that the trophies require that you get the platinum relics, and I don't like speedrunning Crash Bandicoot levels at all. So, yeah, fuck me that. too. I don't like speedrunning anything. I got every trophy for Astro's Playroom except for the speedrun one because who cares? That one is actually so. That one's pretty easy to do. Like I, I kind of got that just incidentally. I don't doubt that it's easy. I just don't care. I don't want to do I it. I think it's, I think it's worth doing because it takes you less than like ten minutes to just knock that trophy out. But who cares? Because it's not like part of the main trophy set anyway. It's off its separate I do, thing. Because I because I have repeatedly jumped in to compare our trophies and I've been silently judging you on your progress in Astro's Playroom. Yeah, been watching right. that one sitting there. Uh, I don't care. Look, that's that's part of how I made my piece of quitting Demon Souls is I had more trophies than you, so I considered that a victory. Yet yeah, this is a it's good like, point right. to mention that Demon Souls, for some reason, only gives you a gold trophy for beating the game if you pick the bad ending. <laughs> that, oh, yeah, is, that is the stupidest thing. Uh huh. <laughs> Why? Why? Why did they do that? Prepare to die, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> the true demon soul starts here. Oh man, terrible. Yeah. Anyway, there's Crash Bandicoot is is bloated with a lot of bullshit that is just not worth interacting with whatsoever. Uh, I I think when you're just sitting down and you're playing the level and you're just trying to get through it, it's a lot of fun. Like it is still, it's very much a Crash Bandicoot game. It just feels very good. The sound effects are nice and punchy. It's just got a great feel to it. I think that the levels really ought to be broken up into shorter bits. You could divide those levels in half, and the game would be a lot more approachable that way. 
but I suspect that part of my frustration with that is that I am trying to get all the fucking boxes, uh, which I'm committing to not doing right here and right now. So are you playing uh, with next week? The, I might have a better opinion of it. Are you playing with the the little circle that shows you where you're going to land? Yes. So I think that actually that is to your benefit because the camera pulls out a lot more than it does mm -hmm. in previous Crash Bandicoot games. And the lighting is such that you will go into areas that are, you know, more dark and uh, covered in shadow and things like that. And so it definitely makes landing on stuff a lot easier in this game specifically. Mm hmm uh, just because of what it's it's doing with lighting and camera. Okay, I was so, going to turn yeah. it on anyway. I was just wondering if you did or if you thought like that's cheating and you want the pure no. experience. No, because uh, I also did not do the mode where you get lives. Because yeah. I kind of figured like what what's I would what's the point? Uh, I am considering just restarting it and turning that on and just not giving a shit about the boxes actually. So. Yeah, that's what I was planning on. Lives on, don't try to get yeah. everything. Because then that at least still poses some sort of a, a challenge to, to keep me going, as opposed to, oh, the challenge is dealing with a bunch of bullshit. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, part of what bums me out a little bit with the, the whole getting the gym stuff is that's how you unlock different costumes. And there's some costumes in that thing that are, are kind of fun and neat. And I would like to unlock them. And then I will inevitably get stuck on like one thing preventing me from getting the damn costume. I hate that. Like I, I would rather instead that maybe you get gems and then you spend gems on specific costumes that you want rather than tying them to levels. So there's one where like crashes dressed up like engine. And like, Ooh. I think that looks cool and I want it, but the level that you get it from is a motherfucker and it has like one box that I cannot find. And the solution here is to go watch somebody play the, the whole level for like 10 minutes on YouTube and make a note of where every single box is. And I'm not doing that. Can you get a fake crash costume? Uh, I'm not sure. That'd be really good though. I hope so. I love fake crash. Part of the problem is they don't reveal all the costumes up front, so you just have this list and it's a bunch of question marks. Uh, they start revealing the costumes as you reach levels where you are able to unlock the costume. Hmm. So, uh, I'm I'm not sure yet. You get a, a few, like, right out of the gate. Like, if you have an Activision account, then you get Gamer Crash. Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, no Scope Coco, I think, is, like, the Coco version of that. Um, oh, no. Because they all have corresponding costumes. Um, they don't divide the gameplay up and like, this is a Coco level, this is a Crash level. You can just choose who you want to play a level as. Oh. Uh, and so what I've done is my first pass through a level, I played as Crash and I just beat the level. And then my second pass, I play as Coco and then I try to go for, you know, all the gems. Do they um, have any differences in abilities? No, they play exactly the same. It's just oh. a cosmetic thing. Um, mm. But... You know, had, I got the two Twana levels. That is more of a they are changing gameplay well, kind yeah. of thing. Uh, eventually, hurt. you get Dingo Dial and you get uh, yeah. Neo Cortex. Love um, Dingo Dial. Not, not there yet. Uh, yeah, I, I think the flashback tapes are kind of neat. That they are basically just elongated versions of the bonus levels. So they are just you are going over very large pits, bouncing on boxes, and you kind of need to like sort of solve the puzzle of how do I kind of get past this next section with all these boxes laid out the way that they are. 
like the last one I was on, you would have to hit TNT boxes that would then blow up chains and nitro boxes. So you had to figure out like, okay, I hit the TNT box and then I need to bounce on these other boxes in just the right way to avoid the explosion. Uh, like they're neat. They're fun little challenges. Uh, they are actually not too long. Um, they're fine as just like bonus content. Uh, and you get those by like you find a tape in certain levels. They're not in all of them. There's 21 tapes. I think there's like 42 levels in the game. Um, and you have to reach the tape without losing a life. Otherwise, it just disappears. Uh, just but like so Tony far, the... <laughs> that's right. Uh, but the like three tapes that I have picked up have all been fairly early in a level, and so I've like I only lost a life before them once, which is how I found out that's a thing. Uh, so yeah, they seem know, pretty like attainable. It's kind of messed up that there is no like Crash Bandicoot unlockable character in Tony Hawk One and Two. What's that about? No Spider Man anymore. Yeah, that's true. But yeah. like Activision still owns Crash, right? Yeah. Yeah, so like it's even made by Vicarious Visions who did the Crash trilogy. Uh-huh. Like what Yes it is. <sighs> I don't know. Oh well, speaking of it, I've been playing uh the Tony Hawk remake as well. Great. Yeah. That very look, it's Tony Hawk. It's still that game, yep. even though they've replaced some of the music music in it because you know, of course, uh, licensing issues. Uh, they put some new music in to kind of fill in the gaps. Uh, well, it's not it's not those games though. Like they changed the way they played quite a bit. Yeah, but it it's still really fun. It's still got, good. You got manuals and you have reverts. Reverts were not in one and two. Sure. You ha- you have the now I'm reverting thing, all over the place. The thing where you grind and you can mash buttons to change the grind while you're doing it that wasn't in one and two. I think that was four. Yeah. Um. Well, which in fact that I wasn't aware that was in the game until I was almost done with it, and then I was like, oh, this is boosting my scores a lot. This <laughs> makes things way easier. Yeah, I mean, I have been waking up. And making myself a pop tart and playing like a level of Tony Hawk, and that is a really good way to start your day. Sure, that that is still a great game to just sit down and fuck around in it for a little bit, and then just kind of move on to something else. Yep, best part uh, of waking up is playing Tony, Tony Hawk. Hawk. Yeah, um, I'm bad at Tony Hawk, which should not surprise you or really anybody. Uh, I've never been good at those games. I've only ever played the first one. I never played two. Uh, oh. So, like, I'm not, you know, I, the second mission in that thing, it's it's like, oh, get a top score of 125,000. Like, I'm probably not going to be able to do that, uh, but I, I still have fun with it. It's still fun just kind of goofing around in the, you know, skate parts and, and, and maps and stuff and customizing your board and things like that. So, I'm a very casual Tony Hawk player. Second one is school, right? Uh, yes, yeah. Uh, just go to the pool. And grind on the lip of it and keep mashing buttons to change your grind. Ooh. And you'll just yeah, go around in circles. I, I did get everything in the warehouse because there is that one bit where you can kind of like, you grind and then you jump off and you grind again and you jump off and you grind again. And then you just like bounce off the wall and reverse the same pattern of grinding and then bounce off the wall again. And you just like infinitely rack up points doing that. Yep. Uh, so, stuff like yeah, that in those I, games. Yeah. Like, I'm sure I, there are certain spots where I could just cheese the score in each level, but also I'm not, like, you know, super worried about it. 
Well, also those levels in one particularly, and even in two, because of the stuff they've added in three and four, were not really designed to be made with these moves that you can do. So, yeah, uh, yeah, I really wouldn't consider it cheesing. It's just like, you know, getting the score. I because I think they bumped the score requirements up also because of that. Mm. Well, but um. I like to unlock I, you a know, lot. I, yeah, it's a good game. I'm I'm not I'm about as deep into that as I am Crash Four. Who so, are you, you playing know, as? Rodney Tony Mullen? Hawk. What? That's Tony right. Hawk. Mr. Hawk himself. Why? Uh, I am definitely missing something in the menus because every time I go to like pick your skater, it is just Tony Hawk. <laughs> no, yeah, <laughs> so you can definitely change it. It's got I'm everybody not from going the original the, plus more. Yeah. But I only um, see Tony Hawk and then two alternate Tony Hawks, and they are both locked, so I can't play as the other Tony Hawks. Bob Burnquist does not have his bucket hat anymore. Bullshit. Taking yeah. this video game back. Uh, I mentioned Bob Burnquist once on Twitter, and it turns out that he name searches himself fairly regularly. <laughs> um, so he <laughs> responded to tell me how old he was, because I was curious <laughs> about this. Thank you, Bob Burger. God, Bert Bob's Quits. Burgers. Bob Burgers. Uh, Larry, what? I'm going to revert into a Goomba because it's time to talk about The Godfather. Retro Corner. Here we go. <laughs> That's right. Welcome to the all new Retro Corner where I talk about The Godfather trilogy. This uh, is the oldest the Retro classic. Corner, it turns out. That's right. This yes. was 72? Sure, we're digging real deep on this one. Okay. Uh, so some context. I graduated from film school. Uh, I have a degree in, <laughs> in movie production. I've never seen The Godfather, <laughs> despite the fact that I have a diploma with my name on it saying I'm allowed to make movies. Uh, this has angered Larry Davis to no end, and so I could have at any point in time just bought or watched The Godfather somehow but I've intentionally not done this just to further piss off Larry Davis. Larry eventually caved and bought me The Godfather, which was pretty much the plan the entire time was to get a copy of this movie without paying anything for it. It never got so, cheap enough for me to do it before, but now it was $10, yeah. and so I was like, all right, fine. Have the trilogy, yeah. you mook. I finally broke Larry Davis, and now I, I have... Uh, you didn't Circle is break complete. me. I was doing something nice for Christmas for you. <laughs> I destroyed, crushed your, <laughs> crushed your spirit, smashed it upon the ground. We didn't get each other. Returned it to the earth where it belongs. We didn't get each other birthday presents this year, so I thought, ah, I'll get you, yeah. get you a Godfather. Yeah. Well, now I need to get you something really nice for Christmas. I just, I cannot figure out what. Well, yet I've been racking my brain over it. Uh, yes, it is. Uh, I might have an additional Criterion Collection movie coming my way because Betty White still alive. Mm. Uh, have we mentioned the reverse no. Deadpool on here? Okay, so we'll finish up with the Godfather thing really quick, though. Uh, the circle is now complete. Uh, I have finally sat down and watched The Godfather. The bit is over. It's done. And now we're going to talk about it because I have things to say about The Godfather. Uh, spoilers, I think it's a very good movie. What? Uh, it's great. It's one of the all-time best. 
I like the part where like uh, Vito Corleone is dying and he says Rosebud and then like the snow globe rolls out of his hand. I thought that was very poignant. Oh yeah, classic. Yeah. Um well, but no, the he, he the, has a, thing. the thing is no, the snow globe doesn't roll out of his hand. He's like carrying a bag full of snow globes and he like falls <laughs> down and they all like roll out. <laughs> you just watch this. You should remember it better. <laughs> I was reading up like after I watched the movie like fun godfather facts and I think my favorite one is that there was just um random passerbys in that scene just watching them film it and like they had to refilm that scene like 17 times because everyone would just start like clapping for Marlon Brando's <laughs> performance and like Brando was way into all the attention that he was getting and yeah, so like that... the final time he took a bow for everybody in the crowd it was it was great that's good uh yeah, I I like that. The the other thing that I like a lot about that movie is that uh apparently like the male cast members kept mooning Marlon Brando constantly throughout <laughs> filming the movie. And so he finally got back to them during the like uh wedding scene. He got up on the stage and mooned absolutely everybody in attendance, including real actual ass gangsters <laughs> who were not happy about seeing Marlon Brando's bare ass. Abe Vigoda loved it though. <laughs> oh sure um uh, yeah the De- the deadpool thing we should mention real quick uh because it is uh it's very important to both of us uh we because well, you know you always bring up abe vagoda uh we had did a deadpool a number of years ago where i insisted betty white would die before abe vagoda and you of Idiot. course took the opposite stance well, upon retrospect, yes, I made the wrong call. <laughs> no, at the time, uh, it was the wrong call because Abe Vigoda was knocking on death's door and it was a miracle he wasn't already dead. I would say the same about Betty White, but apparently she is uh, indestructible. Uh, indestructible. She lives on in spite of me. Yeah. Uh, so the the wager was that, you know, the, the loser would buy the winner a Deadpool comic uh, because at the time we were being very on the nose about everything. Uh, and of course, I lost. Uh, Abe Vigoda is dead. Um, can't wait for the end theme of this episode to just be that Abe Vigoda is dead song. I was going to make it crash into me by a Dave Matthews band because I hate myself and I hate you and I hate our <laughs> listeners. Well, okay. Um, anyway, Betty White is still alive, which... It's of course a problem for me because not only did she make me lose this bet, but now she continues to exist purely in spite of me. She is my most hated enemy. Uh, but we figured we think we're on something, which is that if we reverse course, well, the dead, we're skipping a second part of this also. Okay. Which is that you said, all right, then by if if Betty White is not dead by the end of this year, then I will buy Hot in Cleveland on DVD and watch all of it. And Betty White was still alive, and you never did that. So you couldn't even hold up the bet you made with yourself. It's never gone down to a reasonable enough price for me to buy Hot in <laughs> Cleveland. <laughs> I will still do that one day, as soon as I eat that hat. Yeah, yeah, um, I bet. <laughs> so, eventually, though, we, we came upon this theory that if we reversed the Deadpool, that might actually be what does it. That might unravel whatever cosmic force is keeping Betty White alive. So now you have betted that Betty White will die by the end of the year. I bet that she will continue to live mm-hmm. despite everything. Despite 
the fucking coronavirus that this lady pushing a hundred has miraculously not caught. Yeah. Um. Which you know, very upsetting for me. Um, which is really the most important thing. Uh, but yeah, the, like the the loser this time buys the winner a Criterion Collection movie. Uh, because look, there's only so many good Deadpool comics to choose from, and I'm pretty sure I bought the only one. Basically. Yeah. Well, I already uh, have Uncanny X Force, and that's the yeah. other one. Uh, but you know, as of this recording, uh, November the twenty fourth. Betty White still alive, so there's uh, just a little over a month to go, mm-hmm. and it's seeming likely that I will end up getting my Criterion movie. Even though, like the, you know, if I lose, I still win because then Betty White is done. I think she's going to die in January, January first, just to spite us. That would be really funny, but we shall see. <laughs> anyway, The Godfather, one of the all-time greats, one of the cinematic classic. Uh, I finally a watched it. classic. Five bagger. Uh-huh. I'd say more like three and a half bags, but what? okay. Uh, characters in this movie are incredibly compelling. Every single fucking one of them. I love them all. Especially... I love Marlon Brando and his jowls. Oh, yeah. It's weird because this is actually probably the first movie with Marlon Brando that I saw, and so I thought he just looked like that. And then later it was like, oh, that was like, it was like makeup and him doing weird, like stuffing stuff in his cheeks. Like, I always thought that was was just a joke based on the way he talked. I didn't think it was like literally that's what he did. Yeah. So the story is that he put cotton balls in his mouth during the audition. Yeah. uh, Because he, he very much had this character in mind. Uh, I think the point was to make him look like a bulldog from what I read. Uh, but for the actual filming, they used a like a dental implant. Oh, okay. Um, and then I think there's like some rumor that like Al Pacino had his jaw like wired shut for a few scenes because there's the bit where the uh, cop bashes him in the face, and then you know the side of his face is all messed up for like a significant portion of the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they kind of mention that he gets like reconstructive surgery for it, uh, which like man that that bit. Inside the uh, spaghetti store or whatever, where he gets the gun out of the bathroom and just blasts yeah. them is the spaghetti oh, store. Really good. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I always appreciate it. No, I like to go to the spaghetti store and impress my date by saying, I'll have mine at El Bonte. I always appreciated how the first Hitman game had a level that was basically <laughs> that, where you can like hide a gun in the bathroom and then like go in and go out, pop, pop, and then. Leave. Good. Remember to drop the gun. You need to drop the gun. Yeah. Just let it slide out of your. That is actually one of my favorite little character bits. Is they keep bringing up drop the gun as soon as you shoot them, and then he starts like walking towards the door. He doesn't drop the gun, and then suddenly remembers and just fucking throws it. Leave the gun. Take the cannoli. Yeah. Oh, it's. I know that line. I've heard that line (laughs) places. Now I got to actually see it on the yeah. screen. Oh, now, it's so good. Now you know why they say Luca Brasi sleeps with the fishes. Yeah. Yeah, because they, they give them a roll of newspaper with actual fishes inside <laughs> of it, which is not what I was expecting. Now you know uh, why Al Pacino says, uh, I know it was you in the Dunkachino <laughs> ad. <laughs> well, that's in the second movie. Oh, it was? I assume. 
Uh, yeah, because Fredo is still around at like the start of the second movie. Okay. Because I think it's um, Sonny is who they think betrays them. No, Polly. Polly. I'm sorry. Sonny is the uh, is the other son who goes uh kind of drunk with power, and then yeah. they gun him down. Uh, apparently, that scene where they shoot him with the Tommy guns cost them a hundred thousand dollars at the time to film. Why? He had like 400 squibs on him. <laughs> I know he had a lot, yeah, obviously. Yeah. Uh, the the amount of effects work at that point in time that they had to put into that scene was kind of ridiculous. Just not only the number of squibs, but the fact that you really got to get that in one go. And then, of course, you have, you know, got to blow a bunch of holes out in the car and the windows and everything. And, so and the glass breaking and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, I guess yeah. that makes sense. Uh, although... Speaking of like really good effects like that, the uh, the bit where I can't remember the character's name because he doesn't really show up in a whole lot of scenes, but he's the guy running the casino, uh, and they shoot him in the eye, and so they have the glasses break and all the blood just pours out of it. Yeah, like no. that is a that is a really good effect. Mo uh, Green, Mo Green, yes. Yeah. Uh, which they do by they they have like two tubes in the in the glasses and one of them of course is filled with fake blood but the other had pressurized air to actually crack the glass. Uh, but it looks really good. You watch a screen. lot of special features on this Blu-ray, huh? No, I did a lot of reading afterwards because <laughs> oh. uh, I wanted more of Godfather, but I was not ready to commit in the same night to sitting down and watching another three-hour-long movie. Uh, which is my question for you. Um, so I know this is the Coppola cut so like how how much does this differ in length from the theatrical run i don't think it really does okay i think it's it's just like restoration so he recut godfather 3 but that's coming out soon that's not out so yet. i'm i want to watch the godfather 3 as it is right now and then i definitely want to watch that recut because I, I want to see how much of that changes but also like 3 i always hear people shit on uh, mostly because Sofia Coppola's yeah. performance is apparently very bad. Oh yeah, uh, but I've seen none of it except for two scenes: the the bit where Al Pacino says they keep pulling me back in, yep, yep. and uh, the bit where he has like a stroke. Yeah. Yep. So yeah. I I do not know. I can't speak to Sofia's performance in that. Oh, she's real bad. Um, yeah, I like I said, I have not seen Godfather two or three since I first saw them. Um, but I, it's it's weird to me because we once had a forum which will not be named, and you had a banner at the top of it that was like a long rant about somebody like defending Sofia Coppola and saying like she did the best she could. Isn't that what really matters? Trying, and there's this really long screed, and you keep insisting you never did that, even though I know it was there, <laughs> even though you never saw Godfather any of the Godfather movies. Well, what we had was like it was a randomizing banner, so it was a bunch of different images at the top of that. It was like it was like written in chalk, basically. It looked like something you had made. Yeah, it might have been. I know that for a while the banner was like a segment of that like letter that Quentin Tarantino wrote on hotel stationery. <laughs> oh yeah, that was a good one. Yes, it was. Um, I don't even think that that forum is archived anywhere. But yeah, I don't, I don't want to name it. Um, no. But yeah, it's a. Uh, 
I, I don't want anyone to live my embarrassing past on the internet. We all. You don't want, you don't want anybody to see the posters jail no. we made that just looped um, the driving instructor song from Parappa the Rapper I mean, while you good. were in there. Yes. Yes. That that actually was. That was pretty good though. Um, it was. No, everyone has an embarrassing past history on the internet at this point. So when I say boom, 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 you say bam, bam, bam. No pause yeah. in between. Come on, pause let's between. jam. Come on, let's jam. Now step on the gas. Step on the gas? Yeah. Now step on the brakes. Step on the brakes. Yeah. So, what the fuck? Oh, speaking of the Soviet Coppola, the worst part of The Godfather is, uh, I think, probably the baptism scene. Uh, because it was very scary because it had a baby in it. And so <laughs> yeah. when, cutting in between all the really good bits of people dying, I had to look at this creature getting like water poured on it's terrible terrible although i like the bit where the guy just shoots those dudes with the shotgun inside the elevator that's great yeah uh remember how they made the godfather games and like the only person yeah. that came back for the games was robert duvall as tom hagen sure. yeah that was weird robert you duvall ever... is great oh yeah too did you ever yeah. play those? No. Uh, the first was not very good. The second, I actually liked. It was weird. Their it was existence like a... was as bewildering to me as them making that Scarface game. A Scarface game was pretty good too, actually. Yeah. Um. And so I've heard. Of course, I've never played it. It had like a speaking of Yakuza, kind of like a business management thing where you were like buying and selling cocaine at different places and like sure buying boats to transport them and stuff like that it was cool also Tony montana to... runs a convenience store and he has a chicken yeah. running the whole operation yeah. yeah well he has to get the chicken by uh rolling a turkey in bowling and then you get the chicken <laughs> then you get the money then you get the power <laughs> this is way better than the actual scarface movie which is not that great <laughs> eh, it's all right it's fine, I suppose. It, it's one of those things that just has a very bizarre following behind it, where there are people who like try to model their lives after yes. Scarface. That's true. I, I imagine like, those come, people come like on, man. they turn it off before it's over. They're just like, oh yeah. yeah, he said say hello to my little friend. Well, time to turn this off. <laughs> yeah, good movie. Well, I pretty much made it to the end. Time to do other things. Yeah. Uh, he owned a tiger. That's great. He yelled at his wife. I love it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He won't blow up women and children, so he's the good guy, actually. Mm-hmm. Ugh, God. Uh, have you ever watched the original Scarface, 1930s no. one? No. Well, it's a movie from the 1930s, and that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> and that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> I mean, very... So you could tell that, like, from that movie, the main thing that they took was just the ending, uh, which is, of course... Scarface gets shot down a lot yeah. uh, at the end of that thing, although it's on like the steps of his uh, townhouse or something. Yep. Um, but yeah. Um, yeah it, it has really nothing to do with the original. Yeah. So I, you know, I knew very little about The Godfather, what the plot of that was coming into this, other than, you know, of course he got Vito Corleone, uh, and then at some point his son Michael takes over. Uh, which I thought was like at the very end of the movie that this whole thing would be about the life of Vito Corleone and that the second one would be about Michael. Uh, so when 
they shot Marlon Brando a whole bunch of times, like 20 minutes into the movie. I actually thought like, oh, wow, is Marlon Brando only in this thing for like the first act? And he's not, just gone. <laughs> not too far from it, really. Not, yeah. Like he still shows up for a while. He's just bedridden and he's not really yeah. saying anything. Towards the end of the movie, he starts becoming more active again. But, uh, you know, then of course passes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I was kind of surprised by that. And, and so there was a bit where I was thinking like, Man, Marlon Brando's performance is really good in this movie, and it is amazing to me that the small amount that there is has kind of like carried this legacy for mm -hmm. for so long. Uh, and you know, for the most part, it has. Like, I think a lot of the scenes that people remember with Brando are those bits at the wedding, it's just like meeting with different people, asking him for favors. Sure, the classic like uh, make him an offer he can't refuse. Uh, the whole you, which is a you line come that to me on the day of my daughter's wedding, all that yeah. stuff. Which is a line that pops up more than I thought it would, yeah. actually. Like, having Michael explain at the start of it, like, you know, he's still kind of beating around the bush about the family business, and so he's like, oh, you made him an offer he can't refuse. What, what was the offer? And he stuck a gun to the guy's head. <laughs> uh, but then when he gets invoked every single time, of course, because you had it explained at the start of the movie, you know exactly what that entails. Yeah. Um, but, like, the horse head bit, too, which, of course, is, like, an extremely famous scene uh sure. which i forgot until i saw the horse head is an actual horse head <laughs> is it uh because yes it is huh. uh so they bought it from a dog food factory <laughs> yeah all right and so they just had the horse head factory? arrive on dry ice no you'd, not a glue factory you'd think that would be like the stereotypical place to buy a horse head yeah but uh yeah that is an actual horse head. so i don't know if this is true but i had read like a quite a while ago you know obviously before i saw the movie that they didn't tell the actor in that scene that it was a real horse head until he pulled back the sheets on the bed and so his scream was real <laughs> i do yeah. not know if that is true but he, that would be amazing if it is it didn't really look like a real horse head to me although i guess this kind of this jives with francis ford coppola not giving a crap about animals uh, considering sure. that he had some guys hack up a buffalo in um, Apocalypse Now. Yeah. Doesn't give a shit about the well-being of animals. No. And why should Makes they? for a good movie. You know, they're not human. They don't matter. No. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, that is so... I I'm pretty sure I've not mentioned this, but the, there is at the grocery store I go to a claw machine a bunch of stuffed animals inside of it and repeatedly the claw machine has godfather themed stuffed animals so yeah. there's like a little stuffed cute Vito Corleone uh, but they also have a stuffed animal of just the damn horse head yeah and sure. so it's just sitting in here with stuffed animals of like Mario and Pokemon and then here's a severed horse head should be like a plush of Sonny getting completely blasted at that toll booth <laughs> should be yeah. or, or like him with a trash can that he's like you can use it to bash the head of another plush <laughs> That was a good bit uh, It is I also really like that James Caan Fully embraces all that stuff Like he will just tweet like If the paparazzi are being jerks or something He will just tweet like the gif of him Like smashing that guy's camera At the wedding <laughs> End of tweet Oh uh, who's the actor Who plays uh, Vito Corleone's muscle uh, uh, which one? What do you? 
like the the one who gets groated. That's Luca Brasi, right? Yes. I don't okay, know. So I don't they, know who that actor is. So I was is. going to in our, in our hypothetical, they should have stuffed animals from the Godfather. They should have Luca Brasi with his eyes bulging out. Yes, <laughs> it'd be like one of the stress dolls that you squeeze and they bug out. <laughs> oh, uh, that'd be really good. Uh, that scene, though, because I wanted to bring it up. I was like really trying to figure out how they managed to do that at that point in time because mm-hmm. it looks shockingly realistic. Mm-hmm. Like his his face going purple, his eyes bulging out. They're getting more and more bloodshot. It looks like the oxygen is actually leaving him. Uh, and apparently, like just that really actor, that is just something that he can do, oh. like on a whim, okay. is drain all the color from his face and make his eyes bulge out. And like from what I was reading, apparently that's something that he learned through boxing, but it didn't elaborate on how the hell you would learn that from boxing. I don't know. But yeah, so that is just, that is a weird thing that he can do with his face where he can sell you on an actual strangulation. Mm -hmm. Uh, Apparently that guy actually used to uh, basically do that same job before actual crime families as well. Good times Yeah um, Yeah But yeah and then um, The the police captain The guy who uh, busts up Michael was uh, The general from Dr. Strangelove Also the one who talks about oh, um, Right Wanting our precious bodily fluids <laughs> Good stuff I didn't Yeah I didn't notice that But that yeah he is yeah, he he ain't in the movie for a very long time. No, <laughs> he gets no, not really. His head blown off. Oh, no, he yeah. gets shot in the neck. Yeah, he starts like gurgling up blood. Uh huh. Which is really good. Yeah, um, this makes me really want to watch him now because when you had first mentioned that, I thought I ah, I need to watch these. It'll be like homework. Now I'm thinking, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a really good movie. Well, yeah, uh, I mean, that's not a surprise. <laughs> sure. But yeah, like uh. You know, the whole climax of the thing, too, of him just killing the heads of all the families. Uh, oh, yeah. And I really kind of like, like how it, it it then connects into the bit from earlier where, like, Vito is making peace and he's just like, you know, when there's bloodshed again, it, it ain't going to be me. Mm-hmm. Uh, which turns out, no, it was not him, but it totally <laughs> was meditated on his part. And also, uh, Michael th- fucking that, dudes up. That whole bit with them all getting killed off. Scorsese apparently really really liked that part because he keeps going back to like similar scenes to that. Yeah, like the bit in um, Goodfellas in particular with Layla playing is oh, yeah. a very obvious homage to that. Yeah, uh, there's the bit with the newspaper stuff too, where it's, it's this kind of montage scene, uh, which is directed uncredited by George Lucas. So weird. Yeah, George Lucas had his hands in something that was like actually good. <laughs> it was a, instead of just good in like a poppy kind of way. So or, it, was just, uh, it was basically the equivalent of Quentin Tarantino doing that one scene in Sin City. Yes. Okay. Uh, it it was that uh, he did it as a favor because Coppola helped bankroll um, American Graffiti, if I remember right. Yeah, and they both so. bankrolled uh, Kagemusha or Kurosawa, I believe. Yeah, weird. Lucas is capable of doing some good stuff, just very rarely. Yeah, 
Like I, I, my favorite like George Lucas anecdotes are him working on Indiana Jones, and basically he would continually come up with very bad ideas, and then Steven Spielberg would just be like, "Look, you're my friend, uh, but no, we're not doing that. <laughs> I will put your name on this thing. I will use none of your ideas." Yeah, him and Lawrence Castan being like, "No, we will not make Indiana Jones a pedophile, no matter how many times you keep asking uh-huh. us to." Well, what if he just, uh, you know, he kisses the girl a little bit on the lips? Guys, it's just George Lucas. Make more Star Wars. He's just sitting at himself, like at a table by himself. The others have left. He didn't even notice. (laughs) Just a mop with a bucket on the top of it. (laughs) He's drawing a smiley face. (laughs) Yeah, like a lampshade on it. Yeah. (laughs) What if Lawrence likes my ideas? Um. Yeah, Lawrence uh, is just a sock puppet on his left hand that has talked to the broom. I was going to say it's a bowling ball that he sat on like a sofa and he's drawn a face on that too. Uh, Yeah, Godfather is is very, very good. Uh, I'm not going to run down the entire plot or or anything, but just it's a very, it's a very tight movie despite the fact that it's, you know, three hours long. Uh, It has a lot of really great character moments in it. Like I said at the start of this, every single character in that thing is completely captivating. Uh, I like Tom a lot. He's one of my favorite characters in this thing. I like how he is the sole voice of reason in the room. Mm-hmm. If they just listened to him, everything would have been fine. Yeah. Now, if only I could get you to start watching The Sopranos. I was considering it while watching The Godfather. I was like, I should watch The Sopranos too. Because like that's um, The Sopranos. That's another. It's like The Godfather if everyone was completely incompetent. Sure. Playing that Sega Genesis, (laughs) that fucking Nintendo. You and your Uh, Nintendo. (laughs) But I was thinking about that because I think I'm like I'm fully in the Gobagoo zone now, and so. Like I, I need, I need more, uh, but that's that's kind of the thing too about the Godfather is like, there are there are moments of that thing that almost seem like parody to me. Like this is just a, a gross, goofy caricature of Italian culture. Most like you know, like when we invoke Gabagoo on this podcast repeatedly because well, you do the actual the actual joke is that I refuse to pronounce Gabagoo the way that it's supposed to be said, and that I am just you know being a dumbass with a bad joke well, repeating actu- it over and over the again. actual joke was but, that you thought that it was just gabagoo like an expression and yeah. not a food yes yeah and, but then man- maintaining the bit yeah. uh, but again the circle is complete <laughs> the, all bits are now broken um but all bits are real yeah um uh, but like there's there's multiple points in this movie where it almost felt like a parody to me, like the bit where the guy says Mamma Mia or like the bada bing bit. Oh my um, own. Yeah, but this movie is the foundation for that. It's the yeah. foundation for all those things catching on in a very big, very caricature-esque way, uh, throughout, you know, further mafia media and just people having discussions about mafia media or making jokes at the expense of it. Yeah, uh, but when you then you have all of that, and you've kind of absorbed it all, and and absorbed some of these scenes and what the Godfather is about through osmosis, and then you go in and you watch it, there are just certain moments that kind of took me out like that. 
uh, I had sent you the picture of Leo in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood just pointing out the screen. That was me like 18 times throughout this movie. <laughs> like they would say, bada bing, and I was like, ah, uh-huh. I know that. I've heard that before. Yeah. I mean, in The Sopranos, like one of the things is everyone loves it when Silvio Dante does his impression of Michael Corleone. Like they're, they're like, hey, hey, do the thing. And then he goes, they pull me back in and everything like there's a bit where um tony is just watching i don't think it's actually scarface i think it's another james cagney movie uh but he's just sitting there watching all of that and it's just like cutting between clips of the movie and tony just sitting there completely dead-eyed on a couch watching it and it's like jay bauman face basically yeah god yeah it's uh yeah, the, the first thing I had sent you was just that guy showing up being like, I got the Gabagool, and then uh-huh. throwing the, and a yeah, the package of it. Yeah. I, was, I had that moment. It's my Ash Ketchum moment where I was like, ah, that's where that's from. I get it now. <laughs> so Everyone bringing up Gabagool since then is just referencing the Godfather. That's all it is. Let's, let's head uh, back to the Gabagool. Yeah. But, like, the oranges thing as well, because uh, I know that, like, so my first exposure to that actually was uh, embarrassingly Breaking Bad, uh, the bit where the character slides across the floor, seemingly breaks his neck and dies, and all the oranges spill out over him. Yeah. And I think the point, I think the point was that the character was supposed to die because oranges is the signifier the of death. Oh. Uh, well, yes, that too. <laughs> uh, but it's supposed to be like a signifier of of, of death or ill omen or something, uh, thanks to the Godfather. Uh, but like originally, my understanding was it just it it meant a character dies because that's how it was explained to me. But in the in the Godfather, you know that scene with the oranges spilling out is when Vito gets shot. But of course, he survives it. Right. Um, so I think it's just an ill omen kind of thing because you know not to get too ahead of ourselves, but in the second movie, Villian in in a manner that is Whoa. almost comical. Uh, I need to edit that. Michael, out. what? I don't know what that was. That was, was weird. It? Uh, it sounded like a jump scare or something I don't know It just like glitched out It was like I got like a half a second of death metal vocals In the middle of you talking <laughs> I don't uh, know we that in <laughs> No I won't Because that was <laughs> weird so I, I don't want somebody to hear that while they're driving Cause a car accident Yeah that's messed uh, up. Okay, where do I need to go back to? Nothing. It'll it'll just be half a second cut out. Just I'm just leaving okay. this in so somebody will know that cut there was for a reason. All right. We spent more time talking about the cut than if we just let the cut and have it be a weird I know. thing. Anyway, um so you know, early on in the second movie there's a bit where uh Michael is having this meeting about a deal going down with purchasing a casino and this guy walks in and he's just like I got this orange from Miami for you <laughs> and it's like okay you're definitely signifying <laughs> to me that someone is going to get shot at or garroted or murdered and that it's going to be from someone in Miami you are very deliberately drawing attention to this orange and now I know I figured out the Coppola code <laughs> I put the Coppola curse on you. The curse is that no. you won't be able to make any good movies after the 70s. Yeah. Well, that, that ain't good. The 70s have long been gone, so it sounds like I'm not going to make good movies ever. Reminder, Francis Ford Coppola directed Jack, the movie starring Robin Williams. Oh, God. 
Yeah. I watched that movie. Me too. Because back when I was a kid, I loved Robin Williams. It took me a long time to realize, oh, the movies he's in are usually not good. Uh Uh-huh. Aladdin is good? Yep. Bicentennial Uh, Man, obviously great. Bicentennial Man is one of my favorite movies to just kind of, like, continually reference as if it were a thing I actually like. Because it's (laughs) so fucking bad. It's just so dumb on its face, too. It's... Anytime you just have an image of robot Robin Williams, <laughs> oh, it's so good. It's so good. It's one of the worst makeup jobs in movies. Yeah. God, looks about as good as the redesign of Steppenwolf. Oh, I should just edit that screen to have Bicentennial Man in it. That actually probably looks better. Yeah, probably. Because at least it practical was just like effects? a guy. In, yeah, practical effects. Yeah. I remember watching Bicentennial Man and AI around the same time, and oh boy, that's a cinematic whiplash. Yeah. Yeah, Not that I like AI that much, but yeah. Oh, uh, wrapping up Godfather. That is it. Yep. Good movie. Great movie. Uh, If you have not seen The Godfather, uh, what's wrong with you? I was doing a bit (laughs) for the last decade. What's your excuse? It's more than a decade. Yeah, no, uh, Never let it not be said that I will not dedicate myself to a bit because oh boy, it wasn't even while. really a bit. Like as much as you keep saying that, it was just you being it lazy and not bit. caring enough to buy it. I mean, yes, it was also that, but it was still a bit as well. Because <laughs> I had opportunities to buy it. I got close a few times, and then I made the decision of like, no, it would be funnier if I did not <laughs> watch The Godfather. Uh-huh, it'll be it's funny very... if I do not watch this critically <laughs> acclaimed movie. That's right. It'll be a real it's joke. Of somebody up. going like, "I'll make out with him." It's funny because he's not gay. Or no, sure. it'd be funny because but, I'm not gay. Is yeah, the, yeah. It's basically the film equivalent of of that classic gay panic bit. Anyway, I I think that I say the thing. We're probably going to go. Time for us to sleep with the fishes. <laughs> That's it. That's your sign off. Uh-huh. That's right. Well, uh, next week we'll be back. We'll do Godfather 2. Larry will have watched it by then. Right. I will hopefully have, have finished it. I took one look at the runtime last night after making it an hour in. I was like, ooh. Not that I'm much just... longer than the first one, though. No, not really. But I think that that's a movie that I'm going to watch in like hour-long chunks throughout mm. the week. Make it into that's a miniseries it's... like Zack Snyder. Uh, okay, yeah. We're going to make it all monogram. Uh-huh. Put it in four put, by put three. Put this on grayscale. Uh huh. We we get that one weird cut where Cyborg is looking out the window and he's he's real sad because he just saw Vito get shot. Mm-hmm. Then he starts clapping because it was also a really good performance. Goodbye, Max. Joe by Joe, translucent white skin, hair on the back. The brats have left the nursing home The corn mush has been fed Red velvet lines The bathroom It ruled us dead
because you know not to get too ahead of ourselves but in the second movie very early on in in a manner that is Whoa. almost comical uh i need to edit that michael out. 